morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. evening. Whatever time you know, it is, because, you know, time is relative these days. Time shifting is a thing. You can watch whenever you want to or listen because, you know, you're not watching anything because it's audio. We will talk to our guest, Tony Parisi, coming up next and then Death on the Nile. And then we'll follow that up with I Want You Back. And then we will talk about Marry Me. Then Blacklight, starring Liam Neeson. And then a little bit about the Olympics and the Oscars. I don't have times because I have no idea what the times are going to be. Right. Hi, Tony. Good morning. Go. Well, Tony, we are so happy to have you today because uh, that means you're working. You're yes. doing theater with young folk. And we're excited because the Teen Talent Showcase, I still call, I think it's now no longer a showcase. Yeah. Teen Talent Competition. And the finals are Friday night, February 11th, free tickets, everybody. And it's at the Fox Theater. And this is so wonderful. You were back to direct for how many years have you been doing this? This is our 12th year. Uh, Unfortunately, because of the pandemic, the last two years, we did not do a live show at the Fox, but we kept it going direct to PBS. So we have done it for 12 years straight, the competition, and um, we're back live at the Fox. Which is awesome. I uh, usually have had a conflict on the night that, that uh, it's live at the Fox, but I always watch the PBS version and I always check the, uh, the, the uh, finals. Now, you uh, have worked with so many talented youth over the years in many capacities, but why do you like this so much to come back and do this? Well, this is unique because, you know, it's, it's not a musical theater piece, you know, it's not a show uh, in that sense. Um, and I get to work with so many kids from different walks of life and different disciplines and classical musicians and jugglers and acrobats and you know um, last year we had a spoken word uh, piece um, modern dancers so it's fun to um, to work with with the diverse talents that are that are out there and they're all amazing in their own right uh, yeah it's not just it's not just singers uh, oh no, the, not at all. No, you know, not at all. We've had uh, I've seen baton twirlers, I've yep. seen uh, pianists, and then we have people playing violins, and it's just such a wide spectrum of talent. The uh, some of the winners, mm, excuse me, have gone on to other things. Like one girl made the voice. Yes, couple of, and, a couple of them actually. Yes, and then. Uh, Troy, Stat, who, who won last year, I saw him in high school in his plays at McClure North, and you could tell he was an exceptional talent, and and now he, he won last year, and it's just and really fun. Gonna, he's going to be back uh, in the show. Um, the last two years, unfortunately, because of the, the time constraints on television, we haven't been able to have the past winner return. Um, for the broadcast, but, but for the live version, it's been a tradition that the past winner comes back and performs again. So that's gonna happen this year with Troy. So he's back doing an incredible number with uh, the Tellerettes. Well, they start, Carl, if you're not familiar with this, they start months earlier and they whittle down the first batches over a hundred if if I'm not mistaken, That's and then correct. they whittle it down. Then there's 40 semifinalists. I've been to the f- finals, the semifinals before. I've been through the process, and uh, I've seen some of the early work. And these kids are so sharp, and the judges ask them questions and uh, find out more about them. They uh, all have. Uh, I think we range from solos to. dance troops and how how many how what's the biggest dance troop you work with six is the most okay well we've whittled it down to 14 now so we've gone from hundreds down to 14 and friday night it's the big show it it is and uh it's being judged live we have seven 
uh, judges this year from again all all disciplines and um, from everywhere who are all professionals, but they will be judging the kids live at the Fox and we'll find out the winner that night. I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these kids bios and you know, it's, you have dancers, you have pianists, you have vocalists, guitarists, and you have drummers and you have circus arts. You have two different circus arts. You have a solo act and you have trifecta. All three of these trifecta, our performers are homeschooled because you have since they're all teens you have their high school and it's uh it's encouraging to see that oh yeah uh and, and they're great i mean they're <laughs> it, it's amazing what these kids can do it's really terrific and fun and and you'd think that like somebody like the other circus act finn he goes to Metro Academic and Classical High School. That's they're trained for that. I don't know how, if you're homeschooled, you would train to do the circus arts. Well, it, it, they go to Circus Harmony. Oh, well, hey, we were just talking about Circus Harmony last week because we had somebody on from the City Museum, which yes. is where Circus Harmony is based. That is correct. So uh, that is a training ground. And uh, so these kids train there. I did watch last year online and, and some of the kids were, uh, the, the, the circus trained kids were unbelievable. The, the agility and the limberness and the gymnastics that they go through. Well, Finn, Finn was last year, he balanced on chairs. He did handstands on chairs. Um, and this year he's doing a hoop act where he jumps through hoops and does backflips into hoops and <laughs> wow yeah they can return carl they I, can I, return and and uh, the beauty it. of like the first place gets a lot of things really nice scholarships but there are scholarships throughout i know uh people who when they performed they didn't make uh the the top two or three but they won scholarships yeah we have people watching the whole process and doing uh, special awards and special scholarships for kids um, that they see potential in, but that, that because of the judging don't make it all the way through. Now, if you win the big, if you win the big one and you're number one, you don't get to return, <laughs> but even the number two and number three spot, you can return, but you have to start at the top again. You have to start with all hundred acts and work your way through. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like if you were on the stage last year, you're automatically in it again, but um, you're able to be. Yeah, when it gets to 40, uh, and I just remember sitting at the Kirkwood High School Auditorium watching the 40 people and going, how do they pick these 10? Because, well, at the time it was 10, but I think maybe they expanded to 12 because there's so much talent. It, it's got to be. Well, that's what we start. We started out thinking that we would have 10 but we never ever have had 10 because mary <laughs> and i say the same thing and mary says well what if we take the next two <laughs> and so then we ended up with 12 one year we ended up with 17 <coughs> which was a was a lot it was a lot of acts so 14 is kind of the sweet spot and they're from all over the Metro East and the uh, Metro St. Louis area. So, and like you said, Carl, we have, they have homeschooled kids. They have kids from public schools, from magnet schools, from private academies. They have the whole gamut of, of teens. And you can find everything out at foxpacf.org. That tells you what, who the kids are and what time everything starts and everything you need to know. Right. And it's the performing uh, the Fox Performing Arts Charitable Foundation who does this every year. And it's it's just been exciting to see how much talent there really is, because I don't think there's anything like this, is it, Tony? There's nothing like this. And in other places, too. I mean, I I work all over the place and uh, I tell people where I'm working. I was just on the phone this morning to Providence Performing Arts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. And 
I was telling them all about it. Uh, you know, so we're we're unique in in that Mary believes in in giving kids opportunities like this, and they get to perform on stage at the Fox. Yeah, which is really exciting. Well, tickets and- are available at metrotix.com if you just want to go. And we hope that you just go. It's a good Friday night and it's at the Fox and they do have COVID protocols. You can find all that stuff out at the Fox website also. So make sure don't get, don't get surprised. I've been to the Fox now three times um, and had amazing times there. And I'm, I'm glad that the building is open. I'm just happy that it's open. It's a big place. So you can, and it's open seating. So you can sit, by yourself off to a corner if you if you feel the need um but it's the best ticket in town it really is and what you last year we we had you on uh we had such a delightful episode because we talked to you about the but the summer camp so what have you what do you have coming up well uh i'm doing my next stop broadway um again we're going to do it in jacksonville florida durham north carolina and providence rhode island um we're not doing it this year because it's kind of hard to get a new program off the ground in the middle of or at the end of a pandemic uh when we're still kind of unsure about um protocols and everything everything um but it's well, the good news is kids kids can get vaccinated now. So yes, yes, and we hope they do. So, uh, well, that's, so ex- that's coming up in the summer. We're going to do some version of the St. Louis High School Musical Theater Awards, uh, May twenty second at the Fox. It might be a scaled down uh, version of that because that usually has. Um, over 300, almost 400 students involved in in that because we do all the big production numbers (laughs) from the high school shows on the Fox stage, which is also wonderful, but it's it's wonderful in a completely different vein and and strictly musical theater. But this, you know, I grew up as maybe you all did watching the variety shows (laughs) on television, you know, Ed, Ed Sullivan and and it was purely for the entertainment, you know? Um, and it was wonderful and diverse. And you, you know, if you didn't like something, you know, you'd like the wait next five thing. minutes. Yeah, yeah, wait five minutes, right? It's like uh, St. Louis weather. Exactly right. And that's, that's in the show, actually. I put that <laughs> in but um, this is kind of like the old fashioned variety shows where it's just keeps unfolding and keeps amazing you and nothing is like the thing before and it's just uh incredible so great night that's exciting well tony we uh we went through your whole career the last time you were on <laughs> it was which fantastic which is <laughs> no. so impressive it's so impressive i was explaining to a friend of mine about the team talent on friday night and i said you were going to be our guest and i said he was in the original 42nd street on broadway and his broadway credits if you want to go check out tony's broadway credits the uh, uh the international broadway database ibdb would have you listed and well, about um, the artists you'd be on about the artist but you also had a big part of the muni history as well oh i started there when i was 10 years old <laughs> and talking about variety shows I did Oliver when I was 10 years old with Sid Caesar as Fagan. <laughs> that's, that's remarkable. That's so, so, so fun. And later on this summer, because uh, 42nd Street, now I'm going to give my age, but 42nd Street opened <coughs> 42 years ago in August. So we are going to have the 42nd anniversary of 42nd ah. Street in New York at Sardi's um, in August. So, oh, how fun! Yeah, why don't you come up and and uh, do a do a piece on it? <laughs> I love that idea. When last time I saw Letterman, so that was 2015, we we had a drink at Sardi's before we went over to the show because you know that's what you're supposed to do, right? 
Well, they've yes. been closed for two years and it was dodgy whether they're going to reopen and they have reopened. So old Broadway um, is, is still there. <laughs> well, uh, I, I was fortunate. Well, this is eight years ago. Uh, my boys and um, my friend Nancy and her son and I, we all had dinner there before we went to see It's Only a Play. The evening that Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally decided not to be in the show. Oh. <laughs> so, but I will say they have a lovely prefix dinner before the show. Oh, yeah. And if you order off the actor's menu, it's half price. <laughs> well, that's cool. But just to be in there with all the caricatures by Al Hirschfeld and to see the history, because how many times do you see Sardis on, uh, TV and movies. <laughs> so that's exciting for you. So you love working with the youth because you were, I mean, who was it? But you were, you started out. And so, you know, the rigors that youngsters have to go through in performing arts, but also the pitfalls and everything. So, so uh, what keeps you coming back? Like you could be retired on some island. <laughs> that, well, I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, you know, it's the energy. It's, it's the youth that, you know, these kids have such stars in their eyes and, and um, it's just exciting to, I, I love seeing the light bulbs go off. You know, I love when they make the connection and they say, oh, I get it now, you know, that's, that's a thrill for me. And, and to see them, because I've seen through the process of the teen talent competition, I see the growth and they, you know, they get the judges, as you said, talk to them along the way and give them advice and things. And then by the time um, I get them, and prepare them for the stage at the Fox to, to remember what their act was like back at the beginning of the process and to see how far they've come is just, is thrilling. It's just great. So, well, you know. I want to, I want to tie everything that we've been talking about together. Um, we talked to Ashanti Jayari, who was just in the prom. Oh, the prom. She was just in the prom and that night they had eight performers that were not available. And so they had some understudies and they had some swings and one, one guy did four parts and you've been hearing about this more and more about swings and understudies. But Tony, when you were on Broadway, you, you were an understudy in a swing too. Did, do you wish, well, let me rephrase that. Do you think swings and understudies are getting more credit now than they ever have been? Well, I think there's more, you know, it's more in the news because of COVID and, you know, people not being able to perform or, or you know, having to quarantine and all of that. Um, yeah, but I loved being a swing. It was so much fun to come into the theater and not know what part I was going to do that <laughs> that night. Uh, and have to figure, sometimes I had to do two and three parts at the same time and figure out, you know, set moves and, oh, I have to put this decanter on that table and then I have to move this chair over there. Uh, all of that stuff was, was fascinating for me to fill, fill in and find out. Um, it's, it's rewarding. And on Broadway, you know, when, it, when you go on for multiple people, you get multiple salaries. <laughs> So swings and understudies can make a lot of money on Broadway, actually. Well, the uh, show must go on, so to speak. But in COVID times, that doesn't always happen. And so people have been canceled. But Hugh Jackman, there's on YouTube, there's a clip of the understudy getting thrown into the Marion Peru part that afternoon because mm -hmm. of COVID. And at the curtain call, Hugh Jackman gives a speech about swings and the importance and just in particular the woman who filled the role how fabulous she was to come in because that is not easy to do and to make it 
look so effortless. Like I could tell the first act, because, you know, if you know theater, you know, but the first act I thought, oh, oh, I didn't realize eight people. I missed the sign in the lobby with the eight. And three of them were leads. Right. And I was, and so I'm watching it going, this first act's just a little shaky, but then I, but then the second act came together and at the curtain call, they looked so relieved. And so then when I found out there were eight replacements, I was like, Oh, well, no wonder, because that has to be such a balancing act because there's new people. They're trying to get the rhythm. And the amount, I can't even imagine the amount of work that went into making that uh, a level, because as you know, theater has to be performed at such a high level for the expectations on, on Broadway, on national tour, on, you know, this isn't your, I mean, although I've seen really incredible high school musicals, you know what I'm saying? It's a different level that, that is. And so the fact that they all triumph like that, I just wanted to do the, we're not worthy thing because (laughs) they were just unbelievable to pull that off. Yeah, it's its own skill, I'll tell you. You know, just because and then, somebody's and an all trying, performer. they're all trying to be healthy, and then they're all going through all these extra things. People also don't realize how, like the athletes at the Olympics, uh, like the the figure skater that got COVID, and he said, "I've done everything I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I have isolated myself to the part of being so lonely because of all this." And then he tests. positive and can't skate it was heartbreaking so i can't even imagine but yeah it's that star is born it's that well it's the whole plot of 42nd street (laughs) right you lived it yeah a star a star star yes it's exactly true yeah well that's what i say uh uh west side story the movie has not been made available on the streaming platforms as yet but it's from 20th Century Fox and it uh, earned uh, many Academy Award nominations the other day. But I want to give a shout out to Spielberg for casting. He cast some unknowns mm-hmm. to movie audiences, but not to Broadway audiences because uh, Mike Faced, who did Riff, he was Connor in the original cast of Dear Evan Hansen and he played Riff and he's got a BAFTA nomination now. David... Oh, I just for, forgot his name. Just like I couldn't remember the prom. <laughs> yeah, David Alvarez. David Alvarez won a Tony for Billy Elliot when he was 12. And he plays Bernardo. And then Ariana DeBose, which is now, she's now nominated for an Oscar. She started out as a dancer and best known as the bullet in Hamilton till she got into the prom movie and then now she's Anita in West Side Story. But these are well-trained Broadway performers and they're now getting wider view. But I thought that was a brilliant move that he uh, went to the stage folk. Well, yes. It's a a different uh, technique, you know? I mean, just because you can... uh, be in a film doesn't mean you can do a musical <laughs> on film you know well the discipline that it's involved so i applaud you for because i do think young people need a tremendous amount of guidance in the performing arts because uh when i was growing up we didn't have the drama camps that people have now you know we had this the traditional summer camp and then you might have had some smart kid camp or something but there were not the opportunities that we have so much now and for you to guide the uh, to mentor young is really uh, remarkable because these performing arts schools these colleges that are known for their uh theater program and musical theater program they take like five kids a year like how many kids get get into cincinnati conservatory or juilliard or uh Carnegie Mellon, right? There's right. like five new kids a year that are picked. We did something wonderful last summer through the Fox Foundation, which was a, an audition intensive, um, where you know the the whole conceit of the of it is that 
you know, if you're a triple threat, you need to be a quadruple threat, <laughs> meaning just because you can sing, dance, and act doesn't mean that you can audition. Uh, auditioning is its own skill. Yes. And that opened a lot of these kids' eyes like, wow, I had no idea, you know, how I walk into the room makes a huge difference. That and, you're being uh, you're being judged from the moment they see you to the moment they stop seeing you. Right. And, and you have 16 bars to create a character. And so, you know, and I I have I have adult, very mature actor friends who still say, oh, I hate auditioning. I'm a terrible auditioner. I, you know, it's its own skill. It really is. Well, we could talk to you forever, Tony, because we both uh, enjoy talking to you, but also because you're such a font of knowledge. So people go to the Fox and <laughs> Friday night to support the youth of America because these kids work so hard at this. People have no idea the hours that people spend perfecting their craft. And if you can't make it, it will be on channel nine, which is always fun. And Ben Nordstrom's back is the MC. Yes, he is. Yes. He's, he's been doing it for. <clears throat> I think he missed one year and we had a previous winner or a previous contestant, Yvette Liu, who was on tour with Hamilton. She came back to St. Louis. Uh, she had been in the competition and she was our host one year uh, when Ben had an other engagement, but Ben is back and we love him. Right, well, he's been all over the local stages and he also teaches acting, I believe. If, I you, so. if you get in to be one of his pupils. Well, it's free. So you can go to the Fox, but you have to get to have a ticket beforehand because they need to know how many people are going to be there. You can get information at foxpacf.org. Tony, thank you very much for yes. coming on with us again. My pleasure. Love talking to you. All right. Well, we'll see you there. Bye. Thanks. Break a leg. Okay. <laughs> well, Carl, you and I had quite a, a theater experience on, on, on uh, the other day when we finally got to see the long delayed Disney studios, it's really 20th century Fox studios. Well, that's why it was delayed because it was, it was part of the Disney Fox mashup because Kenneth Branagh made a deal with Fox and then Disney bought Fox. So it's, this is a 20th century picture. Death on the Nile, a remake of the 1978 a step above love boat version well, of an it, it, Agatha Christie. It's it's also, you know, the BBC did every single Pierrot story on 13 seasons. So every Hercule Perot by Agatha Christie has been done by many, many, many people. Yes. Well, this is the second time Kenneth Branagh is back in the seat because he redid Murder on the Orient Express in 2017. I was underwhelmed by it because I loved the 74 version so much that saw Ingrid Bergman win the Oscar. And I, I love a mystery in a confined space. And Agatha Christie's the master at that. This is a 1937 novel and it's considered one of her finest and we have the exotic locale of Egypt with a murder mystery of rich people so we have rich people problems we have a love triangle and we have nefarious people on board a riverboat cruise that is a honeymoon what I liked about this and I was very surprised was I love good old fashioned escapism and this filled the bill. The production values are wonderful. The production design, the costumes, the- uh, The cast. The cinematography and the uh, editing. The editing is really good. And it's the same woman who did Belfast. Kenneth Branagh likes to work with the same people. So he brought along people he's worked with, but the cast, he also leads as her, Perot, and he has a backstory for the mustache. 
Well, that that's also from the books. And what they did differently, a lot of people from from the original Murder on the Orient Express, which is one of Perot's last cases that they did it first, rubbed some people the long way because they're like, how is it going to go from here? And they actually teased Death on the Nile at the end of Murder on the Orient Express, even though if you go back to it doesn't make sense the way that they teased it because that's not why he's in Egypt. It's don't don't think about it. And they've they they've made a connective bridge by having Tom Bateman, who was in the last movie, bridge to this movie. And then it's it's interesting the way that they do it. Right. Well, the cast, like you said, I was uh, impressed with them. And what I really enjoyed, well, Gal Gadot, Gadot, I keep Gadot. saying Gadot. Gal Gadot looks like a million darn dollars because I'm, she, I'm sorry. Emma Mackey looks great. I would have Emma Mackey is amazing. I didn't know who she was. And no, she was on the Netflix series, a sex education, but she is a good, she fun. has a BAFTA. Speaking of BAFTAs, she has a BAFTA. Yeah. And, uh, I was worried about Army Hammer because, as you know, on screen, don't care I think him. he's a he's a blank uh, he's a plank of wood, and he was so awful as Max De Winter in the Netflix remake of Rebecca that sank like a stone. And here he's back doing a British accent, and he should—I don't know if he's going to work again, but he should never do a British accent. But he's he's playing the. Uh, the guy who the lead he's the lead the lead the story is about him and gal gadot right like but, she is an heiress they fall madly in love when he is engaged to her friend jacqueline de bellefort i love these names that agatha christie comes up with and uh so she is it's like a fatal attraction She's very bitter and resentful and shows up wherever they are. Whoa. And, you know, it's tasteful society. So well, they, and then they're, they're, they're so concerned about her and Perot has his eye on her. But the whole cast has been invited. They are invited guests on this riverboat cruise and they all have secrets and well, yes, motives. You have you have uh, French and Saunders working together, which is great. Uh, Don French and Jennifer Saunders working together again. They are they famous British. Yeah, they they created that. Um, then you have uh, Ali Fazal as uh, he is the cousin who is also the accountant. You Andrew. have Annette Benning who plays Tom Bateman's mother. You She's have a crank. She's a total yeah. crank, man-hating crank. Uh, Sophie Okendo, who is, they changed this from the book. In the book, she was a romance novelist. In the movie, she is a blues singer. And then Letitia Wright from Black Panther, she is her niece? Yes, niece. And so, oh, there's one person I have not mentioned mentioned yet. Oh, Rose Leslie also is good. She's from Downton Abbey, but uh, she is the maid. And Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones. Russell Brand is fantastic in this movie. Russell Brand is my favorite piece of this puzzle because you've forgotten that Russell Brand can act. He is great in this movie. He's in the drama lane here, and he's totally convincing as the doctor who was engaged to Gal Gadot. Uh, she is the heiress, Lynette Ridgway. And uh, uh, just the opulence of this whole thing is remarkable. And so they have all these guests, and then uh, we can't give too much away because it's You can't the, give too much away from a 90-year-old book? Well, I think it's fun. I saw the 1978 film and I do have the book with but Peter Ustinov. Got some of it. Well, yeah. And so I like to be reminded now, the screenwriter has changed a few little things. Yes, but they made they made that they changed some races, which is good because if you remember the 1979 people, everybody was a white person and they're in Egypt. It doesn't make sense for there would be Egyptians running around everywhere. 
there yes and i liked how integrated it was it was normalized it wasn't in a role that was traditional it was non-traditional now sophie okanato she is an oscar nominee from hotel rwanda mm-hmm. so she's good i like they they kind of hint at a rome at an attraction between yes they she do. and our belgian sleuth and uh, I, I just find the whole thing, the whole little, I just love all that kind of mystery stuff. So I had great fun the other night watching this. It's two hours and seven minutes. I didn't really, uh, the only thing was, I will say Army Hammer on screen made me uncomfortable. Well, uh, the best thing about Murder on the Orient Express was the cast. And this cast, this movie is a little better than that one because... It has a strong cast as well, but everything else, everything that people didn't like about Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile fixed. And yes. so and I and I think the cast is great in both films. I think uh, whoever's doing the casting, if it is Kenneth Branagh, he is doing very well. And the casting in this and the casting on Murder on the Orient Express, those are the strongest things about both of these films. And who knows which one they'll do next. I hope it, it's, it has a, a older, you know, it's aiming for the older folks. But people who love a good old-fashioned mystery, I wouldn't want to miss this. But also, it's just fun for a dreary winter to get involved in trying to solve this, this uh, puzzle on a ship. Well, also, there, I leaned over to my wife, and the name of the ship is Karnak. And and so I kept saying to my wife, that ship is magnificent. <laughs> and I, I I I love that joke and I'm going to continue to tell it because if you know, you know. If you know Carson, Johnny Carson, you know it. But yeah, well, so Kenneth Branagh of this week, he became the sole person in Oscar history to be nominated in seven different categories during his career wow yes so get this what are they best director for belfast but he's been direct he's been best director nominee for henry v that was his big breakout okay so best director best actor for uh, for henry v Best Supporting Actor as Laurence Olivier in My Week with Marilyn. Now for film, because he's the producer on Belfast. Right. So, that. then he has been short film. He made a short film that was nominated. So that's his edge. That's where the seven comes. So you're at five. Is one of them oh, screenplay? And screenplay. Yeah. I forgot, Adapted and original yeah okay both of them he's gotten both screenplay so yeah so that's nice. fun and, and uh and, and then spielberg he has been nominated for his sixth decade in films yes and jane campion is only the second woman ever to be nominated twice for director mm, i thought she was the first to be not she's the second woman first one to be nominated twice right yes that is that is what you meant all right That's so let's meant. let's move on to a movie i refuse to watch because it looks like it's a hallmark movie you watched i want you back with charlie day and jenny slate i think you you would be surprised it's fun because i find charlie day hilarious i love i love everybody in this movie except when i saw it i'm like this is a hallmark movie but I, I already care. know how it's going to end. I already know how it's going to end. I don't care. I don't care because I thought the talents of Jenny Slate and Charlie Day with their impeccable comic timing and they have really nice chemistry together. The premise is stupid. Yeah, but when he says, oh, it's like cruel intentions and then I, but then, but not. <laughs> so they both get dumped by their uh, their uh, significant others. Gina Rodriguez is Charlie Day's, and Scott Eastwood is 
Jenny Slates, and they want them back, and they both work in the same building, and they're uh, finding themselves, uh, they meet in the, the uh, stairwell, they start hanging out, drowning their sorrows, talking about their, uh, their lives, and they become very close, and they hatch these plans to sabotage the other romances, and then it goes from there. Sure, it's predictable. The last third kind of is kind of goofy, but there's so many little things in this movie that make it fun. The director did It's Complicated, which as an older woman, I really enjoyed uh, Meryl Streep, Steve Martin, and Alec Baldwin in the film. He also did a couple other nifty rom-coms. If you're going for a rom-com, this is Valentine's Day weekend. I highly recommend this. It's on Amazon Prime. If you're not yeah, hold familiar on. with Charlie Day. Okay, go yeah. ahead. I was, uh, gonna I was say, just going to say, would this movie, if it wasn't on Amazon Prime, would it be on Lifetime or would it be on a Hallmark channel? I think it's better than that. I think it would have a theatrical release because it's Jenny Slate and uh, Charlie Day. Charlie Day has been a driving force of the TV show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's not one of my favorites, but he's hilarious. And then he hosted a great SNL back in the day. And it, whenever he's involved in something and he's on a talk show, he is hilarious because he was recently with Seth Meyers and he was giving his whole take on Valentine's Day. What an awful holiday it is. And he's married. And so and he, he's, well, he's, he's just also, naturally he's also like Benny. He's Benny from the Lego movie. Spaceship. And he's actually one of the few good things in Pacific Rim and the sequel because he's the he's plays the scientist and he's good. He's he got a he has a voice that I mean, besides Lego movie, he was in Monsters University, even though I don't care for that movie at all. But he's good in that. And yeah. well, horrible bosses. Yeah. And so, and so if you're not if you're not familiar with I highly recommend. And then there's this little subplot which theater people will love. OK, Gina Rodriguez is an English teacher at a middle school and she falls for the drama teacher. <laughs> Who is Scott Eastwood? He, no, no. He, it's Manny Jacinto. He plays Logan. Okay. Oh, and from he, uh, Good Place. And he has decided to do Little Shop of Horrors at the middle school. So Bad idea. that is whole hilarious. And he has, he has in his bedroom at his house, he has a poster for Equus. And if you know anything about Equus, that's huh. like the most hilarious piece of of artwork in a movie because you know this this kid yeah. likes to make horses go blind and yeah. so he's got that in his bedroom but it's hilarious just all the in jokes about theater and theater people and your craft and and now he's at this middle school directing all right well maybe i'll maybe i'll check it out but yeah. I, I, well yeah. the, that's also the same thing i felt about marry me the oh. it, it is a ludicrous plot it is dumb. high concept. It, well, Max and I were arguing about Max said, I'm not going to see this movie. It's this. And I said, no, it's actually a little more complicated. She, it's actually a little more com complicated with the plot than just she meets somebody at, or she doesn't meet somebody. She picks somebody out at a concert and she marries them. That's that's not exactly what happens, but it is kind of exactly what happens. Well, She's, she was supposed to get Jennifer, married at that concert. Uh, Jennifer Lopez back in the romantic uh, comedy lane. And I did like her early work, like The Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey. She's great in that. And uh, there's a Made in Manhattan with Ray Fiennes of all people. But people like her in romantic comedy. So we'll give it that. People like Owen Wilson. I'm not sure about this. I do have the link. I had to see theater last night because in St. Louis, we have six productions opening this weekend or next and so uh and then i had to watch nathan chen get his gold medal so i have that on my to-do list but i will see it but i wanted to so much see how this high concept came together i i have a low bar set for it so next week carl i will fill you in because it is only in theaters i'm but not gonna i i spent my other two hours of, of time watching Liam Neeson and yet another, he has a special set of skills. 
Yeah, I I believe I said this on our thread with you and Max and Dan Buffa that how many times is Liam Neeson going to play the same person in Blacklight? Yes, ever since the 2008 Taken, he has decided that he will be in this lane of uh, some government operative, CIA, FBI, rogue, whatever, and he's going to protect his family. Now, here, it's called Blacklight, and it is ridiculous. I will point that out. Totally ridiculous. Uh, he returns to work with this Mark Williams who did The Honest Thief, which honestly I did not see. I only, I like watching Liam Neeson and I, he's going to be 70 this summer. And I do, because he is a skilled actor, Oscar Nomi, he does movies like Ordinary Love where he played the, the, un, the, the husband with his wife's breast cancer. He does other projects. It's just once or twice a year, he's doing these stupid things. And, uh, you know, he's going to be 70. So he's put through these action thriller sequences. And this one, he is a grandpa, which is kind of just, you're like, oh, Liam's a grandpa in this one. And he plays a guy named Travis Block. They all have names in this movie that, sound like a soap are opera. stupid yeah and okay. so he plays a government operative a secret government operative that goes into intense situations and extracts the deep cover fbi agent out of the the bad stuff for instance it it has uh, an agent is a living in the backwoods and uh the white supremacists that she's infiltrated figure out, find out who she is, and they're going to shoot these two deputies. And it's, you know, Hoosiers with guns. And uh, he comes in and saves the day. That's how we start off. But then he's thinking of retirement so he can spend more time with his cute little granddaughter. And his daughter is like, you know, and he has a line like, well, I know I wasn't a good husband and a good father, but I'm going to make it up with my granddaughter that kind of thing and then we have the rogue fbi agent because aiden quinn plays the head of fbi aiden quinn uh-huh and he is a villain and i'm bored with this already yeah i know he quotes j edgar hoover several times oh just it's just oh so he must have seen being the ricardos so it's so bizarre i mean it has the most hilarious dialogue. And then it has a newsroom with an investigative reporter and no editors talk like they do to her. No editors talk like, it's like the most ridiculous. She works for the Washington news cycle. And uh, so we have all sorts of people. We have rogue agent. It's just a bunch of hooey. It's a, explosions, car chases, all that. But I will say for production value, for being single guys, uh, Liam and uh, and Aiden are living in these digs that look like they were designed by Pottery Barn. Now, now, Lynn, I know you are a Rotten Tomatoes critic on on the site Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has a nine percent. Yeah, no. I know. Um, I uh, have not decided on my grade yet because I got to I got to write it up for the Webster Kirkwood Times and I will be on KTRS talking about it, too. But I'm pretty sure it's going to get um, a rotten from me. Yeah. Not a fresh. Well, we 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 had technical issues today, so we have to wrap it up early. Um, but I want to say I'm not watching the Olympics. I'm just stumbling onto the Olympics. And I know that you are loving every second of it. Yes, I am because uh, Chloe Kim won a gold. Sean White's going into the finals. Nathan Chen was brilliant, his personal best, and he did it. And the really oh, it was so good. But the um, the skiers, we had this Michaela Schifrin who is considered one of the greatest in slalom, and she had two horrible runs was out of the giant slalom and this other slalom and uh, the cameras. I'm not sure about NBC's coverage. 
I don't know. They're getting some heat for saying, hey, I know you just ruined your life, but how you feeling? Yeah. And then also to me, it's, it's unbelievable pressure. Like they build these athletes up so much and then they, they have some, you know, they're human and they have something to have. And they kept the camera on Michaela Schiffer and she was so crestfallen that she just sat on the side and then her mom had to come because her mom's a coach and that, but they didn't show the other skaters, you know, I mean, not skiers, skiers. So this is an international event. We should give the other athletes that are competing some time too, and not just focus on the, the misery of one athlete and be so intrusive with the camera when she's going through, you know, a very horrible part of her life. We got the camera right there. And like you said, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about this? It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the NBC coverage. I grew up watching ABC do the Olympics. Remember the agony of defeat? Yeah. The thrill that, of victory. Well, that was wide world of sports. Yeah. Right. But I mean, those were the same thing. Jim McKay. Right. That All whole of thing. That. Al Michaels saying, do you believe in miracles? Yeah. You know, speaking of the women's hockey team, Carl, is really kicking butt. Well, Although they did lose to Canada the other day. Well, but, those will probably be those will probably be the top final two teams, USA and Canada, battling yes. it out again. Right. So the women are doing great. And that's really kind of cool. And then they're going to go back and, and talk about it. But they are coming after the Super Bowl, which, you know, I don't think a single person in St. Louis will be rooting for the Rams unless they're related to Stan Crunky. But uh, after the Super Bowl, they're going to have ice dancing. So, all right. Well, we didn't talk about the Oscars. We will talk about the Oscars more next week. But uh, licorice, Lady Gaga got screwed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's five. There's always somebody left off that should have been on. Critics Choice Association, March 13th. We do six nominees. Oh well, and then and then there's always the seventh, Lynn. All right, where can we find you online and everywhere? I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times. I'm in KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman. Miller Furniture presents Lynn Benhouse goes to the movies. I'm uh, my website is poplifestl.com. And Carl, you and I do this every week, weekend and out. We're celebrating our second anniversary going into our, we started in 2019. So we're going into our third year. Yes, that's what that math is. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. I'll be doing my horn test tonight because there's a hockey game. And then you can hear me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show and on Game of Wax on Sundays for Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend, everybody. Go see a play. We have The Black Rep, Stray Dog Theater, West End Players Guild, Metro Theater Company, and St. Louis Shakespeare. Bye-bye. Excellent. Stay safe. Go see a play. Bye.